The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. All right, guys, it's 50-50 shot here. Just saying. Okay. So hold on to your horses, because that ain't no Star Cruiser. (laughs) Welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. There you go. All right. (laughs) Okay, so maybe that is a Star Cruiser. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it is the Intrepid Trio. Kylan, Eric, myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Good. Mm, fair to Midland. Let's move on. What does Texas have to do with this? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm sure we can blame them or blame Canada. Either one. Either one. You know, I really I can't do a blame Canada right now because um one i'm having a great time with the group in canada that's here bodecton uh they let their last day was sunday okay and uh who's the new one so got to so zoe got to see um bodecton before they left right um and we uh we actually sat for three shows uh, because we were also waiting for a friend of ours to come in uh who was also coming to see bodacton um the group that is in now uh and i've told them this and i've told their manager their their manager out their their manager not the disney manager but their their manager that helped book them to disney uh i told them this uh the group that's there now is a group called sirwa they're from the magdalene islands in northern quebec okay um they are the group 
that I was working in Canada the day I got the phone call during my lunch break that they had started CPR and my dad. And I left while we were all on lunch and didn't get a chance to say a proper goodbye to him because it was their last it was their last day there. Um, and then, of course, my dad passed away a couple hours later after I got home. Um, and then after he had passed, I really wasn't in Canada really at all afterwards. But the first group I really worked when I came back or when I when I was the first group I worked back at Canada after my dad passed away was Sirwa when they came back after the holidays. Okay. So I got to come back full circle with them. Um, I love Bodactin. I love Rafi. Uh, both of those groups, don't get me wrong. They are amazing groups. Uh, but because of the the moment that happened in my life with while working with Saro or Sarwa and then whatnot, um, they 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 hold a very special place in my heart. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of their music is very uh, Acadian Zydeco esque, um, mm-hmm. and of course, having lived in Louisiana as well, I I, I love Zydeco music. <laughs> How can you not live in Louisiana and not like Zydeco music? <laughs> well, there you well, go. It, it is possible. Don't get me wrong. Uh, me, I, I love all music. Uh, but I am drawn a lot to Zydeco, but this group I, I'm drawn to a lot just because of that special bond and how they reached out to me after they left uh, to apologize about my dad's passing and everything else. And um, so when I got to see them Tuesday night for sound check, it was it was like old folks home or like family reunion. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was so nice and so so comforting and then to be with them their first first two full days at the parks i I was glad i was able to bring them back after the pandemic and be the guy be be the i mixed their first two shows yesterday uh because i was refreshing another gentleman who hadn't never worked with the group before so i was trying to give him more time with the group but Mm -hmm. i wanted to make sure i had them all dialed in and and locked in play you know the way sounding the way they should be sounding uh same thing with today i uh i was refreshing someone today and they're like you did the first show because I want to see what's going on, see what you're doing. I'm like, cool. I also want to do the last show so you can do everything in between. She's like, okay, cool. Not a problem. Um, so I wanted to mix the last show today because I love the last show, the last set. Right. Um, and again, you know, I was just glad I, I was with them their, their first first couple of days after coming back from the pandemic, but they mm-hmm. returned back to Disney. So, uh, yeah, for those who are wondering uh, how the group spells their name is S-U-R-O-I-T. And you can find their music on most platforms. Sweet. So. Okay. So, yeah. Um, check out the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Support our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Come find out. Biddy Boomers is at Megacon this weekend. That's the one year I don't go to Megacon. Man. They have a booth. Yeah. Nice seeing that in the email from Megacon. <laughs> uh, and Megacon is owned by the same group who does who did who just did Fan Expo Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, they're part of the Fan Expo family. Because it's Fan Expo Cleveland, Fan Expo Dallas, a uh, bunch of Fan Expos across Canada. Uh, and then it, Megacon. Isn't there, wasn't there, isn't there a Fan Expo Cincy? Because I was trying to think, because I was Possibly. looking to see if John, John Tyler Christopher was going to be at this one, and he wasn't. I thought he was at the one down in Cincinnati. I, I don't know. Uh, my fear is... Fan Expo is turning into the next Wizarding World or next Wizard World, right? 
and they're going to grow too big and they're going to fall flat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, People down here are already almost over it, over them with Megacon. Really? Yeah. I I hate talking bad about them um, because, you know, I have gotten press passes from them in the past and, Mm -hmm. and I've been very appreciative of it. Don't, so don't get me wrong there, but from what I have seen on, um, on Facebook, whatnot, this year, parking, 30 bucks a day to park at the mm. convention center. Mm. That's insane. Mm. That is absolutely insane. It's going to cost, if you go for four days, it's going to cost you more to park than your four-day pass. Uh-uh. No Wait, wouldn't that be the facility, though? Or, I mean, because they're the ones that mm. wouldn't. No? No, not completely. Because the, the facility charges $20 for parking. Right. So they're getting, they're getting their cut on top of that. Mm. I, I believe so yeah there's gonna be an additional 10 bucks it, it's yeah no I, I i'm i'm not not happy about that uh and then there's a lot of people going uh who are vendors and exhibitors there are going yeah if it if parking is going to continue like this uh yeah um this is our last year but i know that uh so like l- last week like because of the the convention center was at is in downtown Cleveland, and it was a case of if on Friday parking was like ten bucks, but then Saturday parking was twenty five. Yeah, like a lot, a lot, a lot of the um, but they they don't have the like the convention center where it was doesn't have dedicated parking so these were all the parking areas surrounding it and they just knew because this event was happening that they could double what they would normally charge right because like otherwise there was nothing going on downtown cleveland right you know so we looked out we found a place that had i think it may have been ten dollar parking it was like five or ten bucks so it wasn't bad it was a bit of a walk but it wasn't bad so yeah. Well, Eric Eric knows the convention center down here from when we did um, celebration celebration, yeah. and Derek knows my my little hidey hole, my little sweet spot for for parking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, when we went, it was what ten bucks. Just wait on the bus, and it got the bus right over. Right, great spot. It, it's still even though. It, it's become more well known. It's still one of those last last minute spots that people turn to. Whereas for mm-hmm. me, it's the first place I go to, right? Because I I just love that spot. You you know where I'm talking about, Eric? Yeah. I mean, I'll that, never that, tell. But I mean, that's a great spot. Um, and the bus drivers are awesome. But no, it, it's it, it's ridiculous. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Biddy Boomers is there. Uh, I hope. They do great this weekend at MegaCon because um, mm-hmm. if I was there and I knew they were there, I'd be carrying a different Biddy Boomer every day on my convention bag, piping music, <laughs> and then have mm-hmm. them go, where'd you get that at, Biddy Boomers? Mm-hmm. I'd be stopping by going, hey, if I refer people, will they be able to use our code to get discount on Biddy Boomers? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it helped in, with sales, I'm, I bet you I'm, I'm sure they would. Well, yeah. Um, but, uh, no, um, yeah. So Biddy Boomers use code WeBeGeeks, all one word, 15% off your purchase. Um, because Marvel has Star Wars, I'm going to promote this Red Flag Workshop has a great Star Wars themed national park and national park ranger patches. You too could be a park ranger for the Kashyyyk National Park. You like the cold? You want Hoth? 
Yes, you get the Hoth National Park or Park Ranger, Hoth Park Ranger patch. Indora, more your style. There's that too. Some great stuff. Find their stuff at redflagworkshop.com. Use code SMUGGLER3 for 25% off your purchase. And I don't know if you guys see this, remove before flight tags. Mm-hmm. I helped uh, the owner of Red Flag Workshop make these, and these are now available. <laughs> Sweet. We Sweet. may have we may have to see about pulling our money to do one off Hellabus remove before flights as Mighty Marvel Geek swag. Oh, that'd be awesome! And I'm sure he would do them for us because I know he did them for us for Wookie Radio. So, and I will be ordering more of those in the future now that I know he's he will do them for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to talk to him about doing the one off for Mighty Marvel Geeks as well, especially since we're helping plug. Um, right. And then finally, as you heard in our pre-show, Toink.com, win Geeks 15, get 15% off something such as our pick of the week, which, Kylan, what do you have for us? Uh, so I have for us uh, the, so you remember us, uh, so we were talking about Geeky Tiki's, it's been a minute since we mentioned them, but um, actually what caught my eye this time was a Geeky Tiki 2 set of Daredevil and Punisher. Uh, this is uh, for fifty nine ninety nine, but you don't pay that price if you use our uh, our code, yeah, our discount code. Uh, these are seven inch tall, seventeen ounce. Uh, well, actually, what, was this the, the, the Comic Con set? Yeah, this is the Comic Con set. Okay, so Dare, Daredevil uh, holds fourteen ounces. Punisher holds 17 ounces. One's taller than the other, maybe? I don't know why, but yeah. So um, these are officially licensed Geeky Tiki's. Uh, and these had exclusively debuted by Toink at San Diego Comic-Con in 2018. Okay. Did you know, get them now, have them ready for when Daredevil Born Again and the new Punisher series come out on Disney+. Plus. When- yeah. With the next year or two. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you can't drink out of them now. Right. Well, yeah. Last week, Wookie Radio, I had tea out of my Chewbacca one. And then when we did Mighty Marvel Geeks, I drank out of drafts. And then Chewbacca got chipped. There's a white spot. Uh-huh. This is why we can't have nice things, dude. Time to get a new Chewbacca one. Now I'm going to turn that one probably into a succulent planter after I touch it up. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, speaking of the Geeky Tiki's from Toink, they have a Rex, and it's the coloring from the, the Rex droid from the Mandalorian that was the uh-huh. card dealer. And they have black. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And they also have black chrysanthemum. Sweet. Chain for the win. I want both. Rex yeah, will, I, want the, I want the Rex one. Rex will live on my desk as a Trotsky, Trotsky container. Because you, you remove the top, because to, you drink out of the bottom part, and then the top part's like a lid. Okay. That's fine. Trotsky. Yeah. But I could stash my my chance dice in there. True. Yeah. And and my kyber crystal that I got at Star Wars Celebration 2017 when we did Mighty Marvel Geeks mm-hmm. that I got from a Jedi Assembly, who I'm a now reserve member of. I have a there yellow. I have a yellow kyber crystal. Managed to pick it, even though I I'm it's so funny. I do those lightsaber tests. And I get green, but I'm always drawn to the blue ones. Blue sabers. Okay. <laughs> so I want blue. So I do blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, so where to begin? Well, Star Wars has Order 66. As of this week, Marvel now has Order 616. Mm-hmm. Because Disney laid I, I will up. take the blame for that one. No, no blame to be taken. It's awesome. 
Uh, Disney lays off, and I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner, lays off the person responsible for Feige going to Iger going, we need to separate from Marvel Entertainment and become Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. Best move ever. Someone who actually was hurting the MCU for a bit, which is what led to the split. Right. Um, Ike Perlmutter, gone as chairman of Marvel Entertainment. Man. Gone. And let's... and. Not just Ike Perlmutter gone. Marvel Entertainment is gone or will be gone. Right. Yeah, it's going to be restructured into the fold. And I don't know how I feel about that. Now, Marvel Entertainment includes the theme parks and video games. It has right. Ann Buckley residing as president. Yeah. Um, Marvel Studios now controls, uh, had, had just the movies, um, but after the creation of Disney Plus, Marvel Studios was then assigned small screen. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Captain Carter, in, or Captain Carter, Agent Carter. I wouldn't mind seeing a Captain Carter series. That could be fun. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a Freudian slip then. But that could be fun. Um, Inhumans are now under the fold of Marvel Studios. The animated stuff is now Marvel Studios. So anything new animated, anything new small screen, Marvel Studios. Right. Um, which is fine. It should have been that way in the beginning. When, when the split happened, Feige should have taken the, the, the small screen stuff as well. Netflix right. and ABC. But, oh well. Uh, so yeah, it, it's um, where will Marvel Entertainment fall? It's, it's hard to say. It's But it's going to fold into some of the other business units inside of Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe under Disney publications. Well, I think that's where the, the comics could go. I, I think that's where the comics will go. Yeah. Video games will go under uh, the overall Disney, whatever the, was it, Disney Interactive? Is that the group? Um, I thought that that kind of got renamed or disbanded, but okay. it would it would be whatever is functioning as that right now. Right. Right. And then anything with the parks will, will fall back under a Marvel division of um, parks and resorts and consumer products. Yeah. So, yeah. Do so you that think would be that under means- Josh uh, video games may fall under that then too, the consumer products stuff. So do do you think that that means that um, eventually uh, that uh, what was it, Lucasfilm is going to get the same treatment? I don't know. That's because I would say if they don't, there's going to be some salty people. Well, but Lucas <sighs> but Lucasfilm's already done a. They had already, I want to say they had already done a blowout, not as much, but there was a small blowout uh, recently. Right. But the the thing is, like, Marvel is getting pretty much completely absorbed into Disney. Right. And so I'm sure that there except, are going to be some except, people somewhere. Except for Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios is staying separate. It's still going to fall under the umbrella of Walt Disney Pictures or right. Disney Studios, but it's going to, it's still its own thing. So Lucasfilm's probably going to fall the same way. It's a smaller, it'll be a smaller studio under the main studio umbrella. Where right. everyone will still have to report to the, to the Walt Disney Studios president. Because mm-hmm. that's where Feige reports. Right. But they still maintain their own stuff. Hmm. So who gets the axe next? I don't know. I, I mean, this, this is not the last of it. Uh-uh. No. This is just the beginning. Yeah. It's just the beginning because uh, Disney's got to lay off how many? Like seven thousand. Disney's going to lay off seven thousand. First round will seven. be first round will be done by 
for sure by the end of April, and then the yeah. and then the finality of it will be done by summer. So this is God. I don't know that. I don't really want to say it like it's going over my head. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a huge course correction move. Yeah, I think so. This this is where I've I've heard this said in other outlets, and it it unfortunately it makes perfect sense when you look when you are faced with and tasked with cutting jobs, cutting budgets. Where's the first place that you start cutting? The top. At the top. Well, you start at the top. You also start with people that's been pains in the butt. Yep. Mm-hmm. So realistically, because, you know, I think Order Six One Six started last week with Victoria. Oh, there's no doubt. Right. Yeah. 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 There is absolutely no doubt. Uh, I mean, I know. I will say, I I had texted with um a friend that we all know from from Marvel who works with Marvel. I okay. will not mention names. I will tell you guys off air. Um and uh they wished me good luck with the layoffs this week. I'm like, I'm fine. It's not hourly. We kind of had our thinning of the herd with the pandemic and all that from furlough to displacement <laughs> transfers to layoffs to bringing people back and people choosing to either opt back or not opt back. Yeah. Um, and I, I told them I'm fine from layoffs, but Pearl Mutter is gone. Mm-hmm. Their response is pretty ironic that Ike was laid off as a cost cutting measure. I felt loud poetic justice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wasn't there a story going around about him fishing paper clips out of the garbage? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that surprised you? No, no. I mean, it, it, it is ironic. Because he was known for, what we say, cosmic level frugality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't he, I mean, he's the reason why it took us so long to get Black Panther and uh, Black Widow and Captain Marvel, you know? Um, And for all we know, now this is what, what if can... You know, for what it's worth, what if we had gotten Black Panther earlier? How much more of of Chadwick Boseman could we have gotten? How could they have changed the MCU as we know it? How much more? Um, what would have happened if we gotten that Black Widow movie sooner? You know? Oh, I can tell you what would have happened. Things would have made a whole lot more sense. Yes. Well, I guess now the- if, if you want to talk about. If you want to talk about how much more we get a Bozeman, well, you got to believe we'd have gotten him in Wakanda forever. So an idea, the the concept of him versus Namor, that would have been a pretty good idea. That would have been a really good thing to see. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the thing, the funny thing is that that's something that just crossed my mind while we're while we're recording this. I mean, because. Uh, we talked about no. We talked a little bit about no order six one six, and you know, but then I I guess it's just that now I'm really thinking about looking at what he was responsible for. Well, we we you have know, we have said for a while that um we we as a as a trio mm-hmm. have said off air Ike needs to be go Ike needs to mm-hmm. go. Yes. 
point blank. Yes. Ike needs to go. Uh, I am looking at Mar at uh, Wikipedia for Marvel Studios. I know they're like the internet can't trust everything, but mm. when it comes to what I'm about to say, their facts are pretty pretty solid. Uh, mm -hmm. Parent company from 1993 to 2015 was Marvel Entertainment. The MCU started in 2008. Walt then the parent company became Walt Disney Studios in 2015. Mind you, MCU started 2008. 2008 is when Disney bought Marvel right. and saved them from bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. 2015 is when the split happened from Marvel Entertainment. Mm -hmm. So we're right. talking seven years now? Mm -hmm. Is that where we're at? Seven years? Eight years? Eight years ago? Uh, you said it was 2015? Yep. We're at eight. And MCU is 12 years old? Uh. 15. No, we just celebrated. Two, huh? No. Yeah. It's 2008, right? And today, and this is 2023. Mm -hmm. I, That's 15 years. Really? Yeah. Math's the thing. If you, if you want to, if you really want to feel old, <laughs> Ike Perlmutter was a member of the board of directors of Marvel Comics beginning in April 1993. And he was chairman of the board till 1995. So if, if the MCU is 15 years old, how come they haven't? I mean, they made a big deal over 10 years of Marvel Studios. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that was Marvel. Marvel Studios. Right. Right. Okay. Um, but we got 15 years of an MCU. If we, I, I say that's reason for celebrating. I mean, yeah. there's marriages that don't even last that long. Uh, so the first 10 Guilty. years. So the first 10 year timeline, um, I don't work either. I'm trying to find listing of first set of movies under Marvel Studios. Okay. Oh, that's video games. Come on. Feature films. List of cinematic ones. Okay. So the films, uh, phase one, all Marvel Entertainment, Marvel Studios. Right. Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, First Avenger, The Avengers. Phase 2, Iron Man 3, Thor, The Dark World, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, 2014. Avengers, Age of Ultron, May 1st, 2015. Ant-Man, July 17th, 2015. So not knowing when exactly the split happened in 2015, I'm going to say phase one, phase two would have been MCU, Marvel Entertainment, controlled. So Pearl Mutter hands on phase one phase two phase three would be the beginning of feige feige's marvel studios and that's when we get civil war doctor strange guardians 2 spider-man thor ragnarok black panther infinity war ant-man and wasp captain marvel endgame and far from home but phase three and then of course phase four on so were they trying to get Black Panther and Strange before Phase Three, and Pearl Mutter was was holding things up? Mm -hmm. Quite possibly, it's possible. I gotta assume Pearl Mutter was the was the hang up on why Spider Man didn't happen sooner, because apparently Feige yeah. was able to make things happen, right? Work out a deal with Sony. I mean, I. I never understood knowing as knowing how popular knowing how popular Captain Marvel was, knowing how popular Black Panther was, like why it took so long for those characters to show up, you know. Right. Um I mean, 
uh, who was it? Uh, like, um, I'm trying to think who it was that did that, did that iconic Captain Marvel run. And like that book was always off the shelf, you know, um, uh, Sue DeConnick. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, I, I think that, um, I, I, I think now they're, they, I'm sure that they've had that discussion more than once about exactly how much damage did he do. Mm. Um, they probably could let him stick around as long as they they thought was proper. Um, I, I think they were wanting to get rid of him for a while. And that's that goes back to my earlier comment of when you have to make budget cuts, you cut the pains in the butt first. Yeah, well, yeah. I love this line about Perlmutter on his Wikipedia page in September or this paragraph in September 2015. Perlmutter stopped overseeing the development of Marvel Studios. Disney felt studio head Kevin Feige should report directly to the chair of the Walt Studios, Walt Disney Studios, Alan Horn. Okay, well, Kevin Feige was petitioning hard for that because he was trying to bring success and was tired of the uh, what was it, the creative committee, something like that, something like that. Uh, yeah. So that all cinematic properties of Disney, including Pixar and Lucasfilm, were under one management. Um, the restructuring was reportedly due to Feige's frustration of working with Perlmutter, as well as alleged comments and action by Perlmutter, such as replacing Terrence Howard, who wanted more money to continue playing James Rhodes with Don Cheadle, arguing that plit that black people look the same. Oh, wow. A person with knowledge of his creative approach said Ike Perlmutter neither discriminates nor cares about diversity. He just cares about what he thinks will make money. I mean, I will say personally, I liked I like Don Cheadle better than Ter- Terrence Howard as Rhodey. Uh, but it's uh, but that that being said, <laughs> why wasn't he, he should have been gone from the start? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a good look for Marvel that he that they kept him around if that was his reasoning for getting rid of Howard and bringing in Cheadle. Yeah, but think about it this way, though. How much have we really heard from Perlmutter since Marvel Studios was pulled away from, from his control? You really hadn't heard a lot. No, we, we haven't. Best thing. And if we, his handlers were smart, it would be... But- Put this out there, and they're like, "Okay, cool." They grab it and go, "Okay, putting it out there through the trash." Wow, dude. Yeah, yep. I mean, okay. When did we get Guardians? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. See, and I wonder was how would he? How did he feel about Guardians? Because. Uh, Perlmutter is the one that let Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright go. Remember, it was Edgar Wright that was supposed to do the film originally. No, I thought uh, he was supposed to do the film, uh, the Ant-Man film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which also was 2015. Yeah. And, and Feige had no issues with him. That's why Ant-Man still had a lot of Wright's vibe to it. Right. Uh, just wow. Yeah. Now, it, yeah. And let's also remember all the stuff that all the properties that got licensed off during the 90s. He that was he was in the mix on those, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, Marvel licensed out those properties to keep from going into bankruptcy or 
Progressive, I think they did go into bankruptcy. It was basically to keep the company around, to keep the company in business. But imagine, just imagine, if Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios actually had rights to use X-Men, Hulk, Solo, Spider-Man, all that from the get-go. Right. I mean, what if... I mean, basically what it was is that the MCU had to had to work with characters that were not deemed popular enough to license out. Right. Yeah. But so you know what, though? Go ahead. But, and, and that was the reason for the success. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, here's, okay, here's my argument. This is why I tell people all the time. I say, here's the thing. To the comic reading public, we knew who Tony Stark was. We knew who Iron Man was. But if you hadn't touched a comic book in however long, you probably don't know who you never probably heard of Iron Man. You probably even hear uh didn't know who Tony Stark was, even though there was a pretty popular cartoon in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that being said, what's a better way to bring in to, to kick off a new world and uh, bring out a character who for pretty much is he, he he's he's a he he has faults obvious faults um and he's he's somebody that in a way we all can kind of relate to and at the same time uh he has all the trappings of what we would expect to come from a superhero movie, but we don't know this guy. Right. So, so people come in, they have to pay attention. Look, the thing is they know Batman's story. They know Superman's story. They know Peter Parker's story. Heck, church is technically, they know the Hulk story. Yeah. So they really, somebody could, somebody will go in, watch that movie and they're not really paying attention. You know, they're kind of as long as you got the three or four things that you expect from each of those and you're able to check it off, then you got a movie and you're good. Yeah. The fact that Marvel started off with Iron Man is the reason why it is such a success. Had they had access to Spider-Man or had they started off with Captain America, we would not have an MCU today. But I will say, casting-wise, what they did <laughs> with Iron Man, yes, and I will argue this point. I will, I will create that meme of the guy sitting at a card table and it says, "Fight me." Uh, DC did it right with Batman with Keaton. Yeah. yeah. Marvel did it right with because at this point in time, and I, I will argue it now, there was no better person to play Tony Stark than Robert Downey Jr. No, because that was almost a typecast role based on what went on in and Robert and RD RD uh, RDJ's life outside of what we saw on the big screen. Yeah, or the small screen. Right. Yeah. Right now. My my only thought though mm-hmm. was, what if the, uh, you know Marvel still had the rights to all these characters? Okay, but what if the way we saw the way they they built the Avengers, they you know, they brought them in one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. What if they had done that with X Men? 
instead? I, you know what? I think it would have, it would have worked. I mean, now mind you, think about this now. Before, before the X Men even came out, like how many times for years and years and years did we hear rumors about there being an X Men movie or da 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 da, da or da, da da, and the argument was you could never do that because you you couldn't get that many established actors to share. Uh, to, to, to share a movie screen like that. Yeah. And that was, for the longest time, we didn't think that would happen. And to be fair, X-Men had at that point two, maybe three really big stars. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I would say if they had done what uh, Marvel did, you know, if we had a Storm movie, mm-hmm. a Cyclops movie, a Wolverine movie and a Jean Grey movie. Mm-hmm. If we had that, and then bring them all together, um, and you know, with, with Professor X obviously playing some type of role in each one, mm-hmm. he'd be kind of like the Nick Fury character. Yes, yes. I think that number one, uh, the first movie with them as a team would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, because the if you do the Avengers model, and that was the great thing about the first Avengers movie, you really didn't have to introduce people. Mm, no, no. Because you'd already done that. You could get right on with the story and just tell the story right from the beginning. Yes, now, see, if you had been able to do that at the very beginning with the X-Men or the Fantastic Four, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know that you could do that with the Fantastic Four because you would you really want – you really wouldn't want a fan, Mr. Fantastic movie no. by itself. No. But also, no. you think about it, they were a team from the get-go. Right. Right. But – so. With Fantastic Four, you could start off with a team and then branch off and do a Thing movie and do a Human Torch movie. Yes. Because those Mm -hmm. two are the ones that carried their own comic line separate from Fantastic Four anyway. Yeah. Right. You didn't really see a Sue Storm Invisible Girl comic or a Mr. Fantastic because, well, it was automatic. If you have Mr. Fantastic, you're going to have Invisible Girl because they were either Mm -hmm. dating or married at some point. Whenever we knew them, they were dating or married. Mm -hmm. Right. They they were the couple. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, but Thing and Human Torch did have their Mm -hmm. own books. Right. So, I mean, it easily could have could have happened. And both of them how many Marvel team up issues did they have with other with oh, other yeah. Marvel characters? Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, team up and two in ones. Yes. So many, you know. I mean, and see, that's the one thing that I really missed in the MCU because you would have like you'd have your Spider-Man movies, you would have your uh, your street level stuff, you would have all these. Everybody was siloed, except for right. the Avengers movies, for the most right. part. Yeah. I mean, how many times did we see Spider-Man and Human Torch team up? How many times uh, did we see Spider-Man and Daredevil or Spider-Man and Black Widow? Yes. Lord, they were a romantic couple at one point in time. 
Yeah. And well, of course, she had like been hit on the head and developed a separate personality. And, and we the all? separate personality was what fell in love with Peter Parker. I mean, yeah, I like my split I, personality. I, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. How would I'm asking how the MCU would just be so vastly different if Marvel still had retained all those rights to all those Man, characters, it, it all was, those franchises? It was different. I mean, we. I mean, we would we would we have an Ant Man movie? Would we have a Guardians movie at that point? No, um, I don't think so. No, you know, uh, which. The thing is, it's benefited me because I've gotten to know, even though I read Marvel, I, I, I'm one of those people I kind of tend to stay in my lane. Uh, but because of the MCU, I, I've, I, I, I get, you know, my, my ears perk up a little bit when I see that Ant-Man is uh, going to be in the story. Well, Scott Lang, Ant Man. Anyway, um, and you know, I I would not have been. Well, Guardians were completely off my radar because uh, when they were really hot in the nineties, I wasn't even reading them. I was uh, I was reading well, a bunch the, of other stuff, but I certainly wasn't reading Guardians. It wasn't you know? the same Guardians team either. Mm-mm. No, no, it wasn't. No, no, it was still the. The one that was done by I think Jim Valentino, mm-hmm. the one in the the early to mid nineties, that was the original Guardians lineup that didn't have any of the current lineup. Right. I mean the right. the the closest we could we got to it was Yondu. Right. And Yondu was not the same Yondu. I mean you you got some of the characters in Volume Two, mm-hmm. like you saw Martin X. You saw Stakar and and Alita, mm-hmm. but you didn't get them in the original form. No, no, no. They weren't pirates for one thing. No, they were not. They were not. No, no. I I'm not sure how well that would have gone over if they were. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's it. Since we've been talking, my brain is just trying to think about, you know, an MCU that would have started differently. I if, mean, if Marvel had been able to avoid going under without selling off movie rights and still were able to keep the movie rights. I mean, what, obviously, X-Men would have been a franchise before Avengers. Right, right, right. Uh Spider-Man would have had his own movie. Absolutely. I, I, think, I think Spider-Man would have been definitely featured a lot heavier and be the figure of phase, be the, be the main catalyst or not catalyst. Uh, the figurehead? Figurehead of phase one and two. Mm-hmm. I think we would have gotten a Nick Fury agent, Nick Fury agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. movie. Especially Alan Commandos. We, we would have. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Because during that time, uh, the Bourne movies were so hot, you know, uh, Marvel would have seen, well, you know what? Hey, we got our own spy. 
let, 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 let's put this out there and, and see what we see what we get with it. We would have gotten we would have gotten definitely gotten a Howling Commandos movie. I think, heck, man, we might have gotten that Howling Commandos series that we wanted so badly. We, we may have. And and here's the thing. I think basically what we would have seen is a higher budget David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury movie. Yes. Yes. I don't think he did a terribly bad job. No, no. And the thing is, though, I I'm, I question my judgment because I'm such a Nick Fury fanboy. At the same time, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it. I would be scared to. I, I would be scared to because I say he did not do a terribly bad job of it, but I could be looking at it through rose-colored glasses Nostalgia always makes things suck less. That's true. Well, here, here's the next question. What about the Dolph Lundgren uh, Punisher? I actually, I kind of liked it. I, See, I liked it, but I think calling that Punisher, calling him the Punisher, was totally wrong. Is it? And to me, it had it was a great story, great movie, right? But it had nothing to do with the Punisher character. It it didn't, but that pretty much was right in line with what we were getting with superhero movies or comic book movies at that point. A lot of times they would just want to take, oh, God, as much as I hate to even mention this, uh, the, the Double Dragon movie. Oh, okay, yeah. That Double Dragon movie had nothing to do with the video game Double Dragon. Not really. Took a couple of things, but it really was Double Dragon in name only. Mm-hmm. And uh, Punisher was that. The thing was, Punisher was a popular, popular enough book. Uh, in the late 80s, I know a lot of my friends were in high school, a lot of my friends were all about Punisher. And I think that a lot of times they were like, hey, let's make this movie. We'll call it Punisher and people will come see it and we'll put Dolph Lundgren in it. And, you know, that he, he'll be a draw. And I like Dolph Lundgren. I, I love I was a fan of his action stuff for a long time. But like, we all know that was not Frank Castle. That was not Punisher that we know. No. You know, um, be honest with you, in a way, in a way, it was almost like somebody wanted to make a Mac Bolin movie and a Punisher movie. And they did both poorly is what happened. Yeah, I can see that. So, you know, and I know there are a lot of people that talk about how Punishers just knock off a Mac Bowling or whatever. And that's another talk for another day. But <laughs> I just kind of feel like I, I just kind of feel like, you know, if you look at that movie, that, that that's what it, that's what it is to me. Um, but at the same time, there were things about it I liked, you know, but at the end of the day, it was not. Punisher that I know anyway. Well, since talking about Ike and all this has really spurred off great conversation. We will tangent on this show. Um, I'm going to go to one of the next stories. And this makes me even more sad that I'm not at Megacon this weekend. Marvel to preview X-Men Fall of X at Megacon. Ooh. 
So um, they will have, um, and and this is this is the breakdown of the Marvel Megacon schedule for 2023. And I am actually surprised with some of the names on here because usually the Marvel presence and the Marvel panels are done by the comic creators who are here as guests. Mm-hmm. But Saturday, April 1st, breaking into comics the Marvel way. Are you a writer or an artist? Ever dream of working for Marvel? Did you find yourself thinking, I could do that if I knew how? Well, here's your chance. Join senior editor Jordan D. White. Hey, we know him. Talent scout Ricky Purden and sequential art storytelling superstars, including Joshua Cassara and Ryan Stegman, to find out answers on how to get your foot in the door and make your job Marvel. Something like that it used to be Jordan. I mean, C2E2's this weekend as well. Marvel usually has a booth at C2E2 or has in the past. As far as I know, Marvel has no booth at Megacom, but they're they're carrying this type of presence. Um, also on the first Marvel Comics Fall of X. The summer prepare for the fall. Join senior editor Jordan D. White along with Jerry Dugan. Hey, we know him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin Pierce and Joshua Cassara as they take you into the weird, wondrous world of Tarkoa. Mutant Kind has experienced unparalleled growth and prosperity since the founding of their new nation, but can it last? Join this panel to learn what new challenges await the X-Men, X-Force, and the rest of the strangest heroes of all. Plus, stay till the, until the end for an exclusive giveaway of the Wolverine 2020 number 31 color Focus sketch variant by Linnell Francis U. That alone is worth mm-hmm. going to that panel. Then, Sunday, April 2nd, Marvel Draw Live. Brian Crosby director of Marvel-themed entertainment development and host of Marvel Draw. Hey, we know that guy, too. Yes. Uh, Walks aspiring artists of all levels step-by-step through drawing the Invincible Iron Man in celebration of the Avengers' 60th anniversary. Sharpen those pencils and come learn from one of Marvel's own how how you can bring your drawings to life. Additionally, Marvel editors will be available to review portfolios throughout the weekend. Portfolios could be submitted in room such and such Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Reviews will be conducted Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Review times are subject to change. Please check for updates posted outside the room. I'm not giving room because by the time this post or this episode issue airs, I told you it was going to happen. Um, <laughs> Megacon's over. So, but yeah. right. Three guests of Mighty Marvel Geeks are at the show. And I'm not there this year. This, year. this is sad. It is. And then on top of that, Biddy Boomers is there as well. Slacker. <laughs> mm, this hurts. This hurts. You're beginning to sound like you've been hanging around me too long. Possibly. <laughs> but that's okay. I like hanging out with you and Kylan. Aww. And Thirsty, you better say you like hanging around with her too, because otherwise yeah. she'll get a little salty. You know, it, it it has been fun creating Thursday from what we had and making Thursday a very big, integral part of the show. Yum, 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 yum. Oh, hello, yeah. gentlemen. Hi, Thursday. As always, gentlemen, a great pleasure watching you work. Oh, uh, I'm glad she considers what we do work. <laughs> I'm just flattered that she considers us gentlemen. There is that, too. Just kidding. And there it is. <laughs> 
And there it is. Um, last story. Speaking of Avengers 60th anniversary, uh, Marvel Legends Avengers 60th anniversary Iron Man Mark I armor figure is on sale now. This is not a bad looking figure. Yeah, considering considering the fact that the Mark I armor was very plain. Yeah. And and looked like a really bad Frankenstein cosplay. Yes. But you know, the Mark I armor was the Iron Man that was used for the longest time before going to the yellow and gold or red and gold yeah. look. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not I'm I'm not arguing that. That is just it, this figure makes a it, it makes that look good. Yeah. Yes. Hey, you know what? Going back so like well, about a month ago or whatever, I I read um this it was a collection. It was, it was a trade from the mid nineties called the Armors of Tony Stark or the Armors of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, uh reading some of those early issues with the Mark One armor were pretty pretty fun. Um I don't know. It just seemed like it was uh, it was a little bit it felt a little more exciting that he he was not as almost overpowered as he is now. Right. You know, because he just has that one armor and, you know, with that one armor with I I think and even at that point, the Unibeam didn't do much. And he was all the important thing about that armor is it had a utility belt. Yes. Yes. And magnets everywhere. Magnets and transistors. That was was the thing, you know. Uh, Now, earlier this month, Hasbro also revealed classic Marvel Comics version of Hawkeye with Sky Cycle. Oh, (laughs) I missed that one. But yeah, bring it. A super articulated Black Widow and a Bucky Barnes Captain America for this Avengers 60th anniversary collection. Oh, uh, on a related note, Hasbro also really revealed a huge wave of figures based on the upcoming Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse film, uh, which will include Cyborg, Spider-Woman, Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen. I know why I'm going to have to get Zoe set aside for something. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Spider-Man 2099. I may have to get that one. The Spot, Spider-Punk, Peter B. Parker, and Jessica Drew. Might have to get the Jessica Drew one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I remember watching the Spider-Woman cartoon on TV. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I, I've kind of got a little soft spot for them. There, if you click the, uh, there's a link, gentlemen, uh, says details right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, shows pictures of these figures. Okay, yeah. Uh, spot looks interesting. Yeah. But man, I really dig that cyborg Spider-Man. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> if that's the one I think it is, oh yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still a fan of the, uh, still a fan of the 2099. Yeah, that uh, one looks sharp. I, I'm looking at the Spider Gwen. I'll have to show it to Zoe. I don't know if this is one she would actually enjoy or not. This is Spider Verse version, right? She, you know her. She's kind of finicky, finicky about. Spider Gwen. Yeah. So be curious to see. Um, other than that, gentlemen, final thoughts. Um, 
I'm I think I've shared all of my thoughts for the night. I'm pretty sure. I well, I will say this. Now, I did come across a, a story earlier, and I did share it with these two guys. Um, I don't want to take much time out, but we've had like the Spider Verse, and we've had like in the comics, we've had Captain Britain, so many incarnations of him or variations of him across the the multiverse. Uh, there is a. Uh, a comic book that came out. Let's let me pull that link up real quick. I uh, can't remember the exact comic. Um, yes, Sabretooth and the Exiles. Basically, mm-hmm. what this is showing is the I call it the Saberverse because yeah. you've got all these variations of Sabretooth Victor Creed from across the the multiverse you've got a captain america saber tooth that's known as the sentinel of rough justice <laughs> you've got another saber tooth who's basically a celebrity he's known as the baddest of the bad boy celebrities you've got a female saber tooth known as the savage saber tooth but in this article on uh, on cbr.com there's a scene where some of them are standing in the aftermath of a uh, of a battle with all these other variant saber tooths and there's one that's got a punisher jacket mm-hmm. or a punisher costume and so that just made me think a punisher saber tooth oh that ugh. that that uh yeah i mean that I, part of me wants to see this now yes Part of me really wants to see this. What would, what, what would this look like, if say, if something happened like Castle, right? And Victor Creed took over. I say let, let's save this and talk about it next week. Okay, and just turn it into actual uh, actual topic. See how far we go with it next week. Okay, okay. What if we did? What if we made this like a Fantastic Four? Fantastic Four. Marvel characters that could be interesting if Sabretooth took over. Okay. Oh. Do that. This is now Ape Law. Yep. Well, on that <laughs> note, because um, Eric deemed it so. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? I, I say it's time to go dark. One day we're going to have to explain why we say it's time to go dark at the end of the show. Where that came from. I, you know what? I think that'd be awesome for, for uh, see if the listeners would come up with why we stay at our home. I don't know if they, if, they, if they feel daring enough to tell us why they think we say it. I don't know. Well, I guess the question is, do y'all remember why we say it? <laughs> I was told that we were not asked that question. Oh, okay.